0: What's up, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can help this show to grow, while also getting access to our exclusive Pride content, which includes shows like Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, Special Interviews, Lions of Liberty Roundtables, and much, much more. So check that out. Help us grow at lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. Welcome
1: to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining Mark Claire What's up, Lions of Liberty fans and friends? Welcome to a very special bonus episode. That's right, it's Thursday. You don't usually hear my voice or any of our voices on Thursday, uh, but this Thursday is an exception because we had a great event in Los Angeles this past weekend. Uh, Jason Stapleton, who many of you know, uh, moved out here recently. uh, He and I put together, along with our good friends at Liberty on the Rocks, want to give a big shout out to Pablo Serrato for helping us get this set up, uh, along with Dave Smith from Part of the Problem who is in town with his Legion of Skanks tour. We decided to get Dave over and me and Brian McWilliams and Jason. We all got together with our friends from Liberty on the Rocks and had an awesome event. We took over a place called the State Social House in Hollywood, California and uh, we drank. We drank and we talked and it was so great to meet a lot of libertarians, uh, a lot of local libertarians believe it or not there is quite the contingent in Los Angeles. It was great to hang out with people I've had on the show before Judd Weiss, Ovins O'Brien, of course, Dave. I also got to meet Nicholas Wildstar. It was just a great time. So, we want to now present to you the little podcast that we recorded. Little, it was a little over an hour. Um, But, uh, you know, it's it's a little too spicy, a little too racy for Jason's feed. So, I offered to toss it up here for you guys to listen to. So, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Without further ado, I present to you this very special audio from an event that we called Liberty Behind the Lines.
2: Who's on board to violently overthrow the
1: state right
2: now, Yay! right here?
3: Woo!
2: All right. Well, you just found out I'm undercover and you're all under arrest. So, I. Uh... All right.
4: Sue, so, what do you want to do? <laughs> we're terribly know. unprepared, by the way. We, we did we, the
1: worst improv. The, yeah, that's we're ever we're been. we're
4: worst. I I never did
0: <laughs> groundlings. Like us
1: and groundlings are like. Yeah, radio. we never.
0: I never did
4: that. All right.
0: I think maybe I'll, uh, we can do a little Q and A.
4: You know, we can. Burning topic, we can. We can to. do some Q and A. I thought one of the interesting things is we're in Los Angeles, and so there's a lot of people. One, the reason that I wanted to throw this, the reason that I approached Mark and about doing this, and uh, and we asked Dave to come out, is that there are a lot of people in this area who believe who believe in the ideas of uh, you know the f- of liberty and, and libertarianism, and there just are not a lot of events like this for those of you who are here to meet each other and get to know each other. And so I thought, man, what a great time. We can get together, we can drink some beers, we can meet each other. It's a chance for you guys really more than, than meeting us, which really doesn't matter, is for you guys to meet each other and to recognize that the ideas that we have, that the things that we believe in, that the, the vision that we have for the world, World is not impossible that there are 200 people, you know, that signed up to come to this thing. I don't know if there's 150 people here or whatever who came to this thing um, because they believe enough in the in the ideas that we promote that they wanted to come and be part of it, and, and that's a huge deal. And I hope that these things grow. I hope that one day we've got 500 or a thousand or ten thousand people who are showing up in LA to be part of uh, of what we're promoting,
1: Hollywood Bowl. It's yeah, nice yeah, up.
4: absolutely. So, anyway, I just want to say thank you to all of you who came out and we 're not going to occupy time here. Um, we thought we might do a podcast we can do some q and a but really, what I think what one of the things we talked about we wanted to talk about was really how do you how do you spread the message how do you how do you communicate what it is that we believe with people who I mean, it's Easter, so we could talk about the non-believers. Um, you know, the, the non-believers. You know, how do how do you communicate that message with them? And, and I've always been a proponent of saying, you know, your job is not to win arguments. Your your job is to is to win converts, right? Winning an argument means nothing. Winning, getting someone to think about your ideas in a way that that is positive, that that adds to change or, or contributes to them modifying their thought process, is what's really important. And so. As we talk about this, as we share, this is one of the great things that we do is we come together as a community and we support each other and we lift each other up and, and that's important when you live in some place like Southern California.
2: Yeah. Well I live in New York City where it's nothing but libertarians. So I don't I don't have that problem. But yeah, you got you freaks in Hollywood got a big deal. Uh, but I do I think Sorry man. No, no problem. I think that's that's a great point and it, and I think one of the things that like one of the things that brings a lot of libertarians together right is like we all we all came to this from something else like this this isn't like a popular mainstream view so you figured this out somehow and I remember personally for me when I first figured you know like that I was a libertarian, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to tell everybody about this. And then they'll be like, great point, I'm a libertarian too. And like, we'll all just have fun together and live in this libertarian world. And then you told other people about it and they were like, you're retarded. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's not... So no matter how much, you you can't be just trying to bull people over and win an argument, and you can't, this is something Scott Horton taught me, that I think is a real I know he's been on all your guys' shows, and he, he, this, this really stuck out to me. He's like, you can't ever try to rob people of their identity, okay? So whatever their identity is, you can't be like, no, you're wrong, and I'm right, because that'll never change anybody. What you have to do is say, you have to let them keep their identity and realize that we're better at their identity than they are. And that's the truth. Libertarians were better liberals than the liberals and were better conservatives than the conservatives. Okay, everything, everything that fucking the the liberals fight for, like we're for fucking uh, you know civil rights. We're better on civil rights than they are. They're anti-war. We're more anti-war than they are. And the fucking conservatives are like, we're for the free market. We're so much more for the free market than they are. So, but it's like you let people keep their identity and you fucking nudge them. You, I, if I didn't put no, fucking totally in front me. of that, it would have sounded a lot. Less you have to, you, the, It's
4: it's just part of you. Yeah, it's what you do.
2: Okay. But that's it. You, you nudge them and point them in this world. And just the fact that, like you were saying, there would have been 10 of us if we were having this in 1970. And now there's 150 or 200, whatever there is here, that you just got to keep that in, into the future. Like, we're just going to make more and more and more. And then, you know, we'll defeat the state. Well, totally. What like also,
0: dude, there's a lot of, like, I was reading this article. There's, like, some scientific background, too, to that. Like, you're talking about you can't just hit people in the face with it. And, like, libertarians have that. just is literally looking at what you do. Uh, whether you like it or not but it's being like know-it-alls because we do know more than all these other fucking idiots we all agree with that we all know but it's true like you attack somebody head-on and like Dave's talking about the identity people identify so hardcore with these, uh, these ideals they have and if you attack them head-on and try to attack what they stand for and what they think you can say like even if you're a hundred percent right they did studies in this shit it's called the rebound effect where even if you're right they'll just be like okay well fuck that guy and that's 100% happens all the time. So you gotta find that middle ground. Like I said, you gotta like chip away. Otherwise, they're just could be like
4: screw libertarians, screw that guy. Doesn't matter. Well, what, what I've always said is uh, you've got to you got to enter the conversation that they're already having in their own minds. So you, wherever they're at, whatever position they're at, and there's some people that you just can't communicate with. There's some people that are just they're too ingrained in their own beliefs, and and like you said, they're going to be doesn't matter what you put in front of them. They're like fuck you. Um, and so you've just got first time guys,
1: I've heard Jason curse by the way what? just now. That was kind of cool.
4: Well. Dave's, Dave said it was okay. It's okay. So, okay.
1: Oh, it's more than okay. I just
4: can't play this on my podcast. Yeah,
1: um, it's, I know. It's, yeah, I, I was cursing no, but, up the
4: uh, storm. Uh, you no, know, they're, like, they're like, go fuck yourself because, you know, you're a <laughs> fucking moron. And the problem is is that we cannot, um, we cannot have a conversation with those people. But who we can have a conversation with are people who, like Dave said, are already leaning one way or the other. Like if they're conservative, they're progressive, it doesn't matter. Where's Lindsay at? Lindsay, where are you? <laughs> Lindsay. Come here, Lindsay. Show, right? Lindsay is Lindsay is a producer is of I my money? show now. Um, she is wonderful. She's also single. If you're in it, say, J- J- by the way, if you're wondering Jason uh, She's very know,
1: active on Tinder, you <laughs> should be able to find Li- her there.
4: Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, I am sorry, I don't I'm I did not mean to put you on the spot. I just want to say, like, when we have the conversations, you were you were very uh, you're you're not libertarian, but you were at least <laughs> Well that took a long time. What do you think about it right. first, Lindsay? Why don't you take a but minute to think about it? Hang on. You you here's the thing. Is that you? You were open-minded enough to say, "Hey, I'm willing to have my ideas challenged." Right?
5: I think it's really important. Okay, okay. I think it's really important to acknowledge, Jason, that you weren't the a-hole who was like, "You're effing wrong. Everything you say is wrong. You're wrong. That's wrong." And you had um, you took the time to kind of like explain things, and we looked at them. Right. right. So I think it's a really good point to what you're saying, where you can't just bowl people over. You got to take the time to explain it, and that's what you've done. And yeah, I'm kind of libertarian-leaning now. Don't Whoa. don't what? stop me!
0: How many weeks now of the? Have you been in LA doing? I did that like three. Try weeks. Try adding like libertarian leading to that. your Tinder profile. I, I think that like would be a good week. thing to do.
4: No, see how it decided, works. Why why you gotta why you got harass Lindsay? Well, that's you know, this is going totally off. You nuts. brought her up here. So anyway, no, but Lindsay. So but I, I brought Lindsay up to just basically say that there is a way to communicate with people who you disagree with that ends in a positive result, that it may not be something that uh, where you uh, all of a sudden they've converted. But at least when they walk away, they're saying to themselves, ah, you know, I don't agree with that guy, but he makes some good points. Right. And like you said, you're moving them closer towards. Uh, and, and if you enter the conversation they're already having in their own minds and you're saying, hey, you know, you want to talk about free markets or you want to talk about, uh, you know, gay rights, whatever it is, you know,
2: you don't know the half of it. Right. Like you want to talk about moral consistency. We're it yeah well i'll see this thing that people do all the time right so they'll like libertarians they'll be uh they'll be talking to somebody who's uh let's say like on the left okay and and you're talking to them and and they're like uh whatever they're talking about like systemic racism or something like that and and the response will be some like ben shapiro nonsense where it's like you know okay well um Inequality of outcomes doesn't mean anything because we, you know, if you if you're in a free society, then who cares if there's inequality of outcomes? That that's fine. That just means someone was smarter or someone worked harder or someone did that. And it's like, okay, technically that's true if we lived in a fucking free society, right? But we don't. And all anyone on the left just heard when you say that, if you just go like, oh, well, uh, it, it, there's nothing wrong with inequality of outcomes because that just means some people are smarter. What they heard is you just say blacks aren't as smart. Yeah. Blacks don't achieve as fucking much, and that's what we stand for. And that's bullshit. That's not what we stand for. The truth is, if you want to talk to someone on the left, what you tell them is, slavery was the law of the land. Segregation was the law of the land. All this stuff has been backed up by the state for years and years and years, and whether it's welfare or the war on drugs or all this, the thing that has made this horrific inequality is, in large part, the state. And now, you're both of those things are correct in terms of, of being a libertarian. But one of them just completely alienated that person from you, and the other one just, like, brought them over to you. And same for people on the right. If, they're, if you're kind of, like, against these wars or, or whatever, or you're like, hey, we shouldn't be fine, you can talk to them and be like, this is unconstitutional. Congress is supposed to declare these wars. Like None of these things are us betraying our values at all, but it's a way that you can actually reach that person and not immediately get them into something where they're going to be like, okay, you're the enemy, I'm the good guy. You know, I have so many people on the left who think I'm a Nazi. Like I can't even tell you. I have been called a Nazi over this last year. I am am a a Jew. He's the first
4: Jewish Nazi, by the way. Yeah. He's the first Jewish Nazi. I'm, I'm
2: a Jew who wants to abolish the state, who hates a, a centralized authority. I'm even a smoker. That's how bad I am in Hitler's world, okay? I do nothing that he could be... But it's like people, you just realize nowadays, like people want to put you in a box. So what our job is, is to let them know that that box is a fucking illusion. It doesn't even exist, and we're not, we're not operating within that. So that's what I would say. Well, I
0: think you yeah. make a good point there, man. It's like, it, Libertarians have a, I like the libertarian tropes, if you will. So libertarians also have a reputation as like being cold, right? Because people think we don't care. Because you advocate these positions where we're like, look, we're, we're against these social programs but not, it's, we're not against them because we hate the people that they affect. We just feel like there's a better way to achieve it. And I think that when you're talking to people, especially on the left, like I, I did this uh, a podcast with a guy named Jake Weissman. Some of you have probably heard it, some of you haven't. He's, uh, he does this show Corporate on Comedy Central, which is a funny show, by the way. But He basically was kind of harping on that. Like, don't you care about these people? And if you can reach people and say, look, it's not that we don't care. It's that we find there's a better way. And there's so many examples, like the welfare state, man. We keep spending all this money. The welfare state is bigger than it's ever been. You know where poverty levels are? Exact same. Exact same. So if you can reach people and say, okay, here's an issue I know you care about, but here's a different way to reach the solution. Like, there's got to be a better way because what we're doing isn't working it's just doing the same thing over and over again. So, trying to reach them on the level that they can appreciate you at, and not again, not attacking them, I found is like a good way to communicate.
4: Well, and, and I've always found that you know we we tend to want the same things. You know, we nobody says I want a a, a dirtier environment. You know, nobody nobody says I I, I want to have I want people that I want gays to be in chains. You know, nobody nobody talks about that kind of stuff. So we all kind of want the same. Well, I'm just saying we as libertarians tend to want the same things with most rational people and so it's simply a matter of saying hey we both want the same things we just have a different idea of how we get there and it's an easy way to find common ground with people so i mean i don't know
1: you mean people here that will say things like i just want single-payer health care or i want gun control now and things like that and when you hear them say that, you want to be like, "Whoa, you're fucking nuts! That's insane! That's terrible! That's totalitarian! Stop your nonsense!" But that cannot be the response, because when they say things like that, what they really mean is, "I want everybody to have health care." What they mean is, "I don't. I want to see less." It's less it's an, it really is an emotional response, right? It's like I want I want
4: people to be able to get health care when they're sick. Okay, well that makes sense to me. I, I would love that too. So how do you create that? Because health care is a commodity. You should be able to purchase as much as you can afford. So how do you how do you reconcile that? Well, it takes it's a little longer conversation, but what you don't want to do is automatically tell them that they're status and that they're terrible human beings. That that's ineffective. Again, we if you're not save if you're, that for the bedroom. Yeah, if you're not yeah, right. <laughs> if you're if you're not working at, at winning converts, you're wrong. And so if I can I can if I can leave you guys with one idea, it's that. If you are not trying to convert people, you're wrong. If you're trying to win arguments, winning arguments is easy. We have the high ground. We, we, in the arena of ideas, we can't be defeated. So it's not difficult to win arguments. It's very, very, very difficult to win converts. That takes skill. That takes uh, you know, a, a delicate effort and a consistent effort. And if you guys are not doing that, then that's why we don't have 500 or 1,000 people in this room. It's not enough for you to listen and nod your head. You have to actually take that message out and work on people with it every single day. That's what's going to change our world. It's going to change our country. It's going to change our society is if you are willing to do those things. And my hope is that we all live freer and more prosperous lives. I've, I don't know whether capitalism is the best option, we've, uh, best option uh, that, uh, on earth. I just know it's the best one we've ever come up with. If there's a better option than capitalism to lifting people out of poverty, then I'm all for it. Show it to me. But the problem is they retread old ideas, which lead us further down this this path towards totalitarianism. And I've always said, listen, what we need to do is we need to provide opportunity for people to be able to raise themselves up. And if we are doing a good job of that and we are expressing those ideas in a positive way, there's very little chance that we fail at that. Over time, we will win, but we, it has to be a consistent effort. And what I see online, what I see people running into on a constant basis is this barrage of, okay, I have to defeat your idea. I have to destroy you. I have to make you look bad. I have to embarrass you because you're an idiot. And that may all be true, but you're not going to win anybody with that argument. And so I, I don't know. I, do you want to open it up to questions? I don't know if people
1: have questions. I, here's
4: what I want to do. up to. I feel bad because Lindsey's now stuck here sitting here uh, <laughs>
0: next to the stage. We brought her up here. Could somebody get Lindsay? She's
1: producing for us right now. Come on.
0: Somebody. Yes, Flynn is a man of the people. Flynn's the got point, it. I, we never did an intro. Jacket coat for Lindsay's this to podcast. is going it's the best. We don't uh, need an intro. We're Liberty Famous. Come on. I don't on. know if people know all Just of kidding, us. Just kidding. They like are. Me, we have four different podcasts that here. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, people are probably looking up at uh, Mark and I because, you know, Dave and Jason, uh, big deals. Big fucking deals over here. They're like, who the fuck are these yahoos? Look at that guy's great Ron Paul shirt. It is a great shirt. Thank you. I'm Brian of the
1: Lions of Liberty. By the way, hello. I do Electric Liberty Land. Howdy. Oh, I'm Mark Clare. I just started the Lions of Liberty podcast. Not nearly as big a deal as that. Eh. Whatever. Either way, we're here to latch on to our more famous. We and are. Friends, we're latching
0: on to our more successful libertarian I, uh, podcast <laughs>
1: friends.
4: So <laughs> I'm I'm Jason Stapleton. i have the Jason Stapleton program. If you guys don't know me, and uh, this is Dave Smith, part of the problem. This is my first time. Right. I'm
2: uh, I'm just figuring this out now. Right. You're doing well.
4: Uh, yeah, I think, I think Q&A is a good idea. Do, does anybody have a question? I do. Okay, go ahead, brother, in the back. Yes, you mentioned that if our three
5: you know, viewerships got together, we could take over the Libertarian Party and bring back libertarianism Woo! to the LP. Is this the
4: place we all start and get together and do it? Yeah, the question is, for those of you listening on the recording, uh, the question is, say, hey, if if we combined our efforts, could we could we potentially actually take over the libertarian party here's the thing i have i've have somewhat of a great disdain for the libertarian party but it's 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 not because there are not good people there because there are good people there and i don't say that enough the problem is the people who are in charge of it are doing a piss poor job of actually moving the party forward i would love to have a viable third party the problem is bill weld and uh, and gary johnson embarrassed me uh, and so I, I cannot put my I, – I, it's tough for me to put my name on that label. I just talked to Johnny Rocket. Many of you guys know Johnny Adams, the guy who runs the Johnny Ooh. Rocket Launchpad. Very nice guy. And he said, I'm, I'm starting this new program to try and promote liberty-based content. But he said, I'm leaving Libertarian out of it because I don't want that name tarnishing what we're trying to do. That sad, saddens me. It really does. It, it hurts me because I, I believe in the ideas. I want the banner – to speak for us. I want to be able to say libertarian and for people to think positively of that. And so uh, we've actually got some stuff in the works to answer your question. I'm I'm talking with the guys at Westwood One to try and see if I can bring uh, uh, the, the Lions of Liberty show alongside that. Because again, at the end of the day, I don't want to get you guys involved in the business of this, but the more money we have, the better the reach we have. So the more money these guys have to promote their show, at the end of the day, the the the, the faster we grow.
1: There will be a donation bucket. Yeah, at, yeah, at yeah right.
0: we'll so, pass a hat around whatever you got. It brings yeah. up an interesting concept, Joints though, that, fine. Like, I, you know, I am not a member of the Libertarian Party. I don't pay dues. I have many, many issues. I'm just like Jason was saying, not only with Bill Weld, not only with Gary Johnson, but just with the existing leadership. I mean, I don't know if anybody here has, like, a, you know, got a, a secret Sir Wark underpants on with his fucking face on or anything like that. But uh, every do they make those? <laughs> if they, they don't, those? I should sell them on our website. I'm sure somebody would get, get fucking skid marks all over them. Anyway, but Sir Wark, you see the the his shit? Is right oh, just, the it's just right. It's on the inside. It's, it's right not on the outside, outside. It's on the inside, the inside of the underpants. Of butt, yeah, yeah, it's on the inside. <laughs> but you see, like the shit, like him and Arvin Vora. It's like I understand some of what they're trying to. do. Like Vora, I think his he's coming from a good place. He's trying to he he he's got good base libertarian values, but the way he tells the story, like, he has this shock value. I was just talking to the, the bar about this earlier. He has this shock value to the post bartender. where he's like, you know, we should fuck 10-year-olds. And you're like, what? And then he's like, oh, but I got you at the end with a libertarian value. You're like, oh, yeah, that's great, man, but you know what the media, you know what all the people reading this are going to see? They're going to see uh, that libertarians want to fuck 10-year-olds. And that's not really helping us move the I
1: don't believe point. that's an actual quote, to be clear.
0: <laughs> be. I'm reading, I wrote it on the back of my hand. All right, <laughs> but but not only Arvin that uh, Jason.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're going but down the, a dark path no, here. No, I don't no, I don't want to really no. talk about. No, this. no, no, no. The point I'm making though is that it you know libertarian party itself is I have an issue with. It. Like I love to say I'd love to see it become as great as it can be, but I, I'm torn because I'm not a member. And I feel like I, you know, I got to sign up. I got and I shame on me. I should take action. But people that are members, we need to get people leading that that actually believe in the core values. Like we have people here for the Mises Caucus tonight. So cheers,
4: yeah. you know. I like thank the you guys caucus. for coming out. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's I think uh, I, Dave I, I think wants to weigh in there too. But you know, I, we need better leadership in there. We can't have people that are half social justice warrior uh, liberals in there.
2: Yeah. Okay. So. I don't. I don't mean to go like. I'm not going to go like conspiracy theory on you guys here, but but, but two theory. buildings do not fall at free fall speed like that. They just don't. Okay, no. I'm. But um, I'll say this right. Let just for a thought experiment. If the Libertarian Party was controlled opposition, they couldn't be doing a better job of yeah. destroying the name that of is, libertarianism. That is true. Yeah. So okay, I'm yeah. not saying they are, but. It's like if that was their mission. They could. I love the idea of being like, yes, let's just all get together. Let me tell you something. If if a great libertarian, I don't know anyone, Jason, were to run on the LP nomination, I think they would win. I think they would destroy these people. Do you know how hard it was for them to get? Bi- B- Gary Johnson and Bill Weld were running against no disrespect to Austin Peterson, but nobody. They were running against a a guy who nobody really knew and someone with a hooker wife who made software engineer and they still they still barely barely got over the edge. Okay? McAfee was a Person of interest in a murder investigation. Okay, and people were still like, "I want to hear what he has to say before." He was my. my Before I go with Nazi cake guy over here, I'd like to listen to him, because listen, what the whole libertarian and anybody can feel however they want to feel about Ron Paul. The reason this whole movement exists right now is because of Ron Paul. Okay, that's what this whole thing is. That's the reason all of us have, have careers doing this. That's because he sparked something that I believe is still lying dormant. And I think it has been, the, the air has been let out of it since Ron Paul's been out of the political game. So I would love to get back into this game. But there's a real problem with just being like, let's get, I love what the Mises Institute, uh, or Mises Wing of the LP guys are doing. I think it's great. But like, there's something, like Jason was saying, in the people who control it. There's a lot of good people on the bottom, man. There, these, people don't, these people don't work tirelessly and get petitions signed in the rain because they're like oh I want to hear Gary Johnson up there not knowing where the fuck Aleppo is. I mean come on man come on Who of us doesn't know where, like this is, it's almost like you couldn't be intentionally throwing this any better if you tried to. So I'm down for that, but it's gotta be, all we need is someone who's an unapologetic libertarian. You don't need to be a genius, but you need to have read a couple books on the subject, okay? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to go off forever. Gary Johnson said he didn't know who Murray Rothbard was. Just let that sit in for a second, okay? He didn't know. I'm not saying you did. You don't disagree with him on something. I don't care about that. You don't know who he is, like so. We got that that thing. I would love for that to be the outlet where we can make some political change happen. But I'm not convinced that's any better than just having someone run as a Republican. Well, and, and
4: I'm going to tell you right now, what's going to make the biggest change is is shows like yours, shows like yours, like mine. This is where the change happens. I'm just saying. Kind of a big deal just <laughs> no that, but you know, you know what i 'm saying, like the change doesn 't really happen through through political parties. it happens through the people who work around and who spread the message, and so you know I, what you said
2: yeah. yeah, everything you said but it it hurts me because I get it like i particularly young people in in the liberty world will will come up to me and they 're like hey shouldn 't we just put our petty differences aside and like get together and try to take and it's like yes. Yes, I want that more than anything. I want us. I loved in the Ron Paul days where it was like, I used to be one of those guys where if people were like, you know, they were like, well, Ron Paul's a minarchist and I'm an anarcho-capitalist. And I'd be like, shut up. Just shut up, dude. We're taking on a way bigger thing. I don't care. I'll sacrifice. I don't I don't care. I'll go with a, a minarchist or a constitutionalist like Ron Paul. I don't care. But it's got to be someone who's actually trying to go, like Jason always says, someone who's actually like, no, we're moving the bus in this direction and we're not looking... Looking back as to someone who's gonna sit up there and bill weld will go well you know hillary clinton's a good kid i just i disagree with her on some economic issues <laughs> like really that's what we're gonna be so i don't know man i i wish i had an answer but i don't know i i do believe this what what to what jason was saying before for all those guys who are like the, the whole thing is to convert people that's it that's the whole game. There's nothing more, more nuanced than that. It's just to convert people. If you think, look, the state is a criminal organization. We all know that. Great. Do you guys want to try to take them out now? Because we will lose. I promise you. We couldn't take out one, you know, wing of the LAPD that's probably waiting outside for You're us right now. You speak for yourself. But... They're too busy so, shooting
0: innocent Asian women in trucks, by the way. Oh, Everybody oh, come they've on. They've got better
2: things to do. Come on. That is, I'm not familiar with that specific well, story, <laughs> but I'm going to go on the side of the Asian woman right away. <laughs> but but we just got to, look, there's way more of us than there used to be. We got to get more and more and more and more. Hang on. We got, we
4: got more questions. Okay. Because, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What's D- up, dude?
2: All right, my favorite side. Why choose Dave, man? You got
5: this guy. You got this guy. You got this guy. All living in Los Angeles. What about yourself? You're yeah. Wild card. you living in LA. Are you gonna make like a libertarian TV show? You gonna make a movie?
0: <laughs> the question is, why is Dave being a bitch and living in New York rather than LA?
2: You're right. You're right. I really I should have come to this uh, bastion of liberty that is L. A. and just get in here. Like I don't know. Maybe I don't want my kids transitioning by age four, so I'm gonna try to keep them out of this goddamn hellhole.
0: Where it's. By the way, can we appreciate that we're all meeting at a place called the State House?
4: <laughs> yeah, that was funny to me. It's social yeah. State House. A <laughs> social State House.
0: Yeah, it's like the
2: most ironic place. The, the, the irony is, is not lost age. on me. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I'll, you know, maybe I'll come out here someday. I don't know. I'm here. I'm here. Well, good, because I'm not going to. And I'm engaged now, so I don't really make decisions anymore.
1: I just defer to her, and I'm like, what are we
2: doing? By the way. You told me
1: you don't submit to authority earlier today. I don't know if that's This is voluntary authority.
2: (laughs) By the uh, way, you
0: know, I know we got a lot of questions. I want to bring this up, though. So you're talking about, you know, obviously the state's criminal institution, we all agree on that, but. I have an issue, and I want to see if you guys agree with me or not. But I have an issue with the libertarian uh, meme, if you will. You know, taxation is theft. While I agree with it, I think that if we're talking to people, like we're talking about <laughs> engaging with other
4: folks, right? Look, even Lindsey thinks you're crazy. Uh, even like, Lindsay thinks you're nuts. What do you Lindsay's mean? Lindsay's like, get the status Look, out, the out of here. Microphone. People, uh, give me a microphone. People say taxation
0: is theft all the time. In my opinion, I don't think libertarians should be throwing that around because I think it turns people off fucking immediately. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Okay, so you're a statist. That's my
0: thoughts. It's not... I'm not saying I don't agree with it, which I do, but I think it's become like a meme where
4: you, people hear that and they're like, ah. Uh, Here's bleh. the thing. It's like anything else. People wear it as a badge. They put it on a t-shirt and other people see it and they're like, yeah, you're an idiot. Right? right. Because there's there's no there's no discussion about why that's the right. case. They don't right? understand it. There's no communication. Yeah. So I agree with you in the sense that if you're just going to walk around screaming taxation is theft, that's not a good thing. But if you are explaining the principle behind it, then I think that's a very good thing. I think you have to share with people that, hey, if if it's not voluntary, it's theft. and that there, There's nothing wrong with saying that. It's like it's theft you of can. What? What is it theft of? It's theft of your own property. Well, okay, if you want to look at it that way. Yep. Yeah, but this is my recon brother, Mike Manimal. Everybody I say know. hi to Mike. All right, everybody, remember that face. So, Don't get in a fight with him. Yep. So
0: I, uh, Mike, will straight he, he up kill is, you. It's saying it's theft of your time, by the way, who yeah, listening the podcast. Yeah. it's
4: theft of your time. Now, Mike, when you say theft of your time, you mean like theft because you've worked for the dollars that you've earned, and now it's theft of your time. Right, money is a is a, is a, is a reference of how much time of your value. It's a that yeah. Use to what time
2: absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, so, I kind of agree with all of that. But I, look, I get the point you're making. Okay, but th- this is what I think. Right, like when I when I first became, I, I became a libertarian. Like in 2007, I was first introduced to this stuff, and then like in 2008, 2009, I really was like convinced. And I remember back then seems like 80 years ago, but back then when you said taxation was theft, it had like a thing behind it. You were like, wow, that's a fucking radical statement. Like, I'm, I'm questioning this whole system. Taxation is theft. And then it did become a meme, and it became kind of lazier. But, like, it didn't become any less true. No. And, and if we're going to make it, what, what we're doing, the essence to me of what we're doing, right, at the, at the core of libertarianism to me is that we're all people, we're all people and the state is people too and that you should judge the state the same way you would judge any other group of people who were doing what they were doing, so I get your point it has become a meme, but I kind of agree with Jason we still have to take it there and explain it to people, because the truth is that like, look, if a a cop uh, if someone's a murderer and they shoot a cop in the face and then they turn a gun on another cop and that cop shoots that guy and kills him I'm fine with what the cop did I don't care. I don't care if the state does something that I would justify any of us doing. But if you, one of you guys saw someone smoking weed outside and threw him in a cage in your basement, I'd be like, you know, you're not a great person. So, like, I, my whole thing Unless is, that's you what judge you're into. if you believe it, if they were down, I mean, like, you know. But if if you're if you're saying there's such Unless thing as morality, it, yeah. then it's it's across the board. We're all subject to it. And there's still something so powerful of saying taxation is theft that I'm not ready to give up on it. But I do acknowledge what you're saying and I hate that it's become like a, a kind of a, a thing that people get turned off to. I, that's the I do too, man.
0: I, and and I, I agree with everything you just said. But it's like we were just talking about it earlier, like you can't hit people in the face and disagree with them right off. I just I just worry that it turns people off so instantly that at that point if you try to talk to them, they've already tuned out. Yeah. I get that. All right. anybody else?
4: We have, Back, back right there, here in front.
3: You know, what really, with uh, in my gears? people say that the libertarians support uh, universal, universal basic income. Because the thing is, even if we get it right, there'll still be inequality. There'll still be winners and losers. And after that, the you know the government social program will come back again. So we'll have the welfare state and you know universal basic.
0: Lindsay, yeah. you're taking notes. You so need that, to take what he uh, so put in your
4: phone. The question is universal basic income, or the statement was it, it really bothers me that libertarians support universal basic income. Let me, let me take this one. I, I may be a little bit more progressive than, than everybody else here in, in terms of just I, I think that there is – I would prefer that there was not a social welfare state. Uh, I, I will say that right up front. I think that in terms of my... I have a game of inches strategy, right? That just says, hey, anytime you can take an inch, we take Tinder an inch. profile. Right? So <laughs> I look at... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so... Thanks, man. I
0: got you. Don't worry, I got you.
4: So uh, you can check me out on Tinder. Um, no. So Swipe. you. Uh, what I'm saying is... Uh, what I'm saying is, like, I have a game of inches strategy. This is, hey, I will, I will just take whatever I can get. So... If I'm looking at a universal basic income, and I'm saying if we can eliminate all other government programs that deal with uh, that, that deal with uh, you know housing the poor and Section Eight housing and all, all this different government control over the money, and just simply write somebody a check and hand it to them and say, look, you can spend this money on crack or you can spend it on milk and and, and meat. It's up to you. But when the money's gone, the money's gone, and. I think that that is a step in the right direction. It's not my preferred end game, but if I can move the ball that direction, I can eliminate the control of the money. Because really, when we relinquish control of our wealth, we're we're relinquishing our liberty. We're relinquishing our freedom. The amount of freedom you have is directly tied to the amount of money you have in your pocket. If you are wealthy, the world is wide open to you. You can go anywhere you want to. You can eat anywhere you want to. You can do anything you want to. If you are in poverty, it doesn't matter how much freedom you have in terms of, uh, in terms of your ability, your freedom of movement and all of that, because you're trapped financially. And so I look at this and I say, every time the, the government captures wealth from us and they hold it, And they decide, I'm going to give it to guy A because of this reason, or guy B because of this reason, and I'm going to make you fill out all these forms and jump through all these hoops in order to get the money from us. I think that's a net negative. So while I disagree with the idea of a universal basic income on principle... If that, was a, if that was the change, if they were offering a reduction in and in, in a, in a closing out of all other subsidies and, and wealth transfers in favor of a universal basic income, I would probably say that's a move in the right direction. That was actually Milton Friedman's argument. People said Milton Friedman was in favor of a universal basic income. He wasn't. Go ahead. My whole point is we'll get rid of Hold on. Hold on. Why don't I give you
0: a – All right. I got, I got a cord.
3: Come here. Come here, you.
1: Easy. There we go.
3: Okay. I don't have one. my whole point is in the beginning we'll get rid of that and start from a clean slate boom we just have this UBI and that's it but eventually the, uh, why we have a welfare state is because people see inequality so eventually there'll still be inequality there'll still be win- winners and losers and eventually, one by one, these programs are going to come back. Now we have, you know, the welfare state and UBI.
4: Yeah, and, and that's always a risk that you run with government. Anytime you've got the ability to use force, you've got the ability to reenact these programs. So it's like you talk about a flat tax. Well, I'm in favor of no tax, but I think a flat tax is better than no tax. Or is, I'm sorry, excuse me, it's better than the tax system we have now, not better than no tax. But you see what I'm saying? So there's always the risk that if you institute a flat tax, that then there are going to be more taxes tacked on on top of that. That's always a risk we rerun. That's going to be true no matter what. We have to just constantly fight against it. We've got to be vigilant against that, that type of action. The question is, what's going to create more opportunity, more liberty, more freedom for more people? And I think, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think if, if that was proposed, I would probably be in favor of it just because i think in in the totality it moves us closer towards liberty
2: okay so i i think i i tend to agree with you more on it it just drives me crazy because i i think look i'm not even disagreeing with what you're saying jason like yes if we were to abolish everything that we have now and institute a a universal basic income would that be preferable to what we have now sure i I, i'm not going to argue with that but is, once we're talking in abstractions like that, in hypotheticals, why don't we just stand for what we stand for, which is get rid of all of it, and actually allow free markets to operate, which will be better for everybody. But, is it, but here's
4: the thing, Dave. Is it better to advocate for that, or to say, hey, I will, I'll take a half step in the right direction, rather I'm, than saying, I will only take an end
2: game rather than no, anything else? Well, no. I'm with, I'm with you on that. I think it's fine to take it. Look, I applauded Trump for the tax cuts good job. Do I believe they should be way, way deeper and more permanent? Sure. But okay, I'm fine with taking a step in that direction. But if we're talking right now, in the state we have now, if for people who are advocating a universal basic income, is there actually any realistic shot that we're going to abolish all other welfare and get to this universal... You know, once, once you're going into that realm of what should be the case, I say, let's just go for what we believe in, which is that, like, yeah, as you said, it's preferable to just abolish the tax system, have what we had in this country for a long time, which was no income tax. And honestly, the the justification that's usually used for a universal basic income is something about machines replacing our jobs, something about innovation leading us to this point, which is, I think, the most ridiculous argument ever. The idea that, like, oh yeah, in 1895, when everyone's living on a dollar a day adjusted for modern inflation, they didn't need a universal basic income, but now that we have all this fucking luxury, we really need to make sure no one slips behind, I I just, you know, I, I don't disagree technically with anything you're saying. Sure. And I'm down to move in that direction. But no, it shouldn't be the position of libertarians. And this is the big, to me, where, um, where what I love about Rothbard, and as great as Milton Friedman was, why he, he gave it all away with the last 5%, was that he would end up advocating for withholding tax, advocating for a universal basic income, for a carbon tax. And just look around. What is the state taken up Milton Friedman on? Did they listen to any of his advice about rolling back the state? Did no, they listen to right. any of his v- advice about abolishing the minimum wage? No. But they're pushing the carbon tax, we have a withholding tax, and now they're pushing the universal well, that, basic uh, income.
4: Right here in front. Uh, so, this is something I think that's really interesting. Hold
5: on, hold on. Let's just do this one. Hi. Um, this is something I think is really interesting that comes up all the time. For me, especially because I'm a congressional candidate, we have this discussion about philosophical ideas, and then we get into the minutia of it, which I have to spend six to eight hours of a day doing on policy-based issues, and you find all these exceptions in government, do you guys have any idea about how we can better address this once we start to get into the brass tacks of it? Of course, theoretically, UBI, something like that, wow, if you knocked out 30, even 30% of the budget, 70% of it, that's amazing. But just like Donald Trump has done with DACA and everything else, like, oh, this is so great because of liberty, freedom oh, we'll put in this exception, we'll put in that exception. I'm not picking on immigration, I'm just saying that's an example of policy where it's always a backslide into something that it was originally not supposed to be. How do we really address that as libertarians?
2: I think the woman who hates Mexicans makes a good point.
4: No, Mike. Mike,
2: Mike you don't have your
4: own podcast, Mike. No, you can't. You shut up. Come up here, Mike. You can answer it. You can yeah. yeah get up and answer because I have to take a pee. Mike, so Mike can time. do. Can Mike can do anything he wants to. Also, we need more
0: drinks. If anyone wants to volunteer, uh, we'll make it up to you. I swear to God. With libertarian theory. All
5: right. So, <laughs> so, so my personal belief is that libertarians are are really missing the boat. they're they're missing the two hundred trillion pound elephant in the room. So all the things that you guys are talking about up here, I, I in, in a in a in an idealistic world, you could try them. But the, the fact that our, our entire system revolves around exponential debt growth, and I don't think people really comprehend what that means when money is debt and the growth of money has to happen, which means that the growth of the state has to happen. Um, I don't think even libertarians really grasp the math behind, behind that, that concept. So all Someone's
2: they, a Bitcoin salesman.
5: <laughs> well, that's a, that's, a, that's another conversation for another day. So, so I, hear, I hear what you're saying, but all these problems that libertarians talk about, the, the principles behind the ideas, I agree with them, but there's no way to do it in the way the system currently works. That's the big elephant in the room, is that the system has to be torn down altogether, and money has to be... You have to re-educate people on what money is and how it works, because we don't own our money anymore, right? Okay, so... But here's, here's the problem I have with that. I, and I, I, Mike's, Mike's
4: a good friend of mine, and uh, he's my brother. But the, the issue I have with that is you're not going to, nobody, change doesn't happen that way. We didn't get to where we are today through huge, chunky movements. We got to where we are today through small, little giveaways, right? So if we want to go back to the way it was before, we have to get small giveaways in our favor, right? So to me, it's always about just drawing a line in the sand and saying, well, like, one of the things they will do if they want a tax increase is they'll say, we want a 20% increase on this or that, and then they argue about it, and they settle on 5%, right? What they really wanted was the 5%. They started with the 20 to get the 5 And what I've always said is, okay, you want 20, I want a reduction in 20. We'll start from there, and we'll, we'll settle on a reduction of 2 Right. So you see, that's how we uh, you actually create that change is you've got to start using some of these same tactics in, in, in a way that benefits us and, and, and what we do. And I unfortunately, I just don't think we make we don't make big strides towards liberty by taking by, by taking big chunks. We, it's a game of inches. It's something we do every day. Back in the room. Do discourse. we lose? This court's not
0: yeah. long enough. I mean, has a great
3: folder. he says, you know, gradualism
4: of like No, no, I get what you're saying. And
5: so, like, take the for example. What
4: Rand gave up is he Nah, see, I, I disagree with you. Here's the thing. He, the, the question was, don't we give up something in terms of momentum by, by choosing the, the, the game of inches strategy versus the other? Here's the why I disagree with you. Who's Rothbard to the, to the world? Who is he? Now to us, he's, he's a genius. To us, he, to us he's, a, he's, a, he's a man to be respected and admired. Who is he to the rest of the world? Nobody. Nobody knows his name. Why? Because he didn't choose to move the ball forward. He, he, chose, he chose a grandiose idea of what the world should look like, which I can appreciate, and which we need. But when you're talking about people who are running for office, people who are trying to affect change and not simply talk about it from a philosophical perspective, then you need someone who is willing to drag out every single inch. It's a game that you play. Politics
1: is a game. So, you also need okay. those bold voices that are shouting loudly as possible about what you really want and what you really stand for. Goddamn right. You know, there weren't people in uh, abolition days calling for, well, we could use like a 2% reduction in slavery. I think that would be a, a vast improvement on the current system. No, we need to end fucking slavery because it's wrong and immoral. So you kind of need both. I'm not disagreeing I, listen, with you. I agree,
4: I, mean, I agree you need both. You need oh, the shouting and okay. you need
1: the, the people that are willing to get in there and, you know, maybe you eventually accept some kind of change well, that isn't I, so exactly I, what you want. I was want. in the
0: bathroom. Somebody might have already said this. But uh, I think people running for office should run on this step oh, forward yeah. policy. Hey. If we're going to try to work our way in there, the you need to run on a position of, okay, I'm going to find a common ground. But just like look at the left. The left okay. is fucking insane. Like They're should, like, take the guns, universal everything, and they're moving the ball forward with that exceptionally insane the out there in. policy. And now look, look at the people migrating okay. to the left. So we do need to stick to our fucking guns, literally and figuratively. We need to stick to our guns, but I do agree that people running for office probably should try to find the middle ground because you're not going to get elected running if, on if you're, a pure libertarian platform. Not only platform are you not going to get not, you're
4: not going to get elected, but you're not going to get anything done in Congress. You you just won't. Like it's it's a game of give and take. And at the end of the day, like my my podi- my, my position has always been: Does this person view liberty as a primary political value? Okay, I understand there's going to be give and take. It's not an all-or-nothing thing when you get to Congress. So you have to have somebody who's willing to do that. And so it's not that I don't think we need voices like that and we need people who are willing to be extremists. I just think once you get into the political realm where you're actually trying to affect the change, if you don't have a mindset that says, I'm willing to give a little bit to get what I want, you're never going to have any positive change in the world.
2: All right, I look, I, I... it's not that I disagree with what Jason's saying, like I'm an ally of all that, but I just think you can you can say, uh, what does Rothbard actually mean to the world?" Uh, oh, okay, I think what he meant to the world was someone standing up and saying what the truth is and what it should be, and he's inspired more people here probably than anyone else who you could think of. What has Milton Friedman meant to the world? He's been a fucking cover for the neocons to push all their bullshit. That's what, he's, that's what he's been. So, we. I'm all for fighting the game of inches. I hope we win a whole bunch of inches, but if by that same logic, I'm going to stake out all... You know, if someone's like, oh, I want a 20% uh, increase and someone else wants a 20% reduction, I'm going to say this whole tax thing should be abolished. Stake out this position over here. And again, like your, I think your analogy about slavery is correct. It's like, do you want to increase the amount of slaves by 100,000 or decrease them? I'm going to say slavery should be abolished because it's immoral, and hopefully we get there someday. But I, I don't know what else, you know. And, and I, I do got to say, I think your example, particularly where we're at right now, like the real world situation, Rand Paul's grand idea was that he could be a little bit more reasonable than his father, and this way he could actually get some of like, the, the contributions from, from all these, like you know, like uh, he, he went around begging I, for money. I, I
4: can't deny that, that you make valid points. So, I can't.
2: Right. So Ron Paul just said, I don't care who sends me money, I'm going to say what the truth is up here, and he got more money than Rand could have dreamed of. And then Rand went to all these guys, he went to all the, uh, you know, went to all the big New York uh, uh, investors and went, hey, can I give you money? And they went, your last name's Paul. Get out of here. And then he went, well, I got this army of kids behind me. And then he looked behind him and went, oh, they're all gone. Because I I compromised on this message. And the last thing I'll say is this, okay? Ron Paul, they they made him a deal. This is a known thing. Ron Paul himself has confirmed this to me, okay? They made a deal with him where they said he could come get a major speaking role at the RNC convention in 2012 if he just toned down the anti-war stuff. And you know what Ron Paul said? He said, "If I toned down the anti-war stuff, I wouldn't have this following behind me, and that's what he got that Rand Paul didn't get. So I just think it's like, well, I'm all—I want to gain inches, but I, I just think in a lot of ways we're better off if we if we start at the end game and then say we're willing to take inches." By
0: the way, I will say this,
2: uh, Dave. I was a Minarchist before Dave Kahan.
0: We do a, a Libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor podcast. Dave, counted. I convinced
2: him drunk. He's he, he, the yeah. best
0: one. That's what this is. He convinced
2: it. That's him. what's he, happening
0: he right me and Cap uh,
1: on that podcast live on air, air.
0: But he did it with this. Uh, it, he did it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> but with that exact thing, man, it's true. You're exactly on point.
1: And yet you're still against the taxation of theft thing. So he still has work to do.
0: <laughs> That's because <laughs> I'm working public relations, motherfucker. I know to communicate
4: with people. All right, you
0: had your it's hand up clearly. forever,
4: brother. What's what's your question? Yeah, you come up here. Come no, up here. Come up the closer. As we yeah, can. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll make park. it easier for the show. This will probably
1: make it on somebody's come podcast. here. You.
4: All
1: right. I'll air anything. All right. So I think a lot of people can relate to this in this room, but a lot of my friends are super like lefty socialists, and yeah, yeah. And when I try to talk to them about my ideas, I check them off. I you know, we're against the drug war. Yeah, they agree. We're against uh, the foreign poli- our current foreign policy. Agree. You know. Uh, you know there's all these things we agree on but then the sticking point is always social welfare and they can't they can't let go of it they can't move past that and i try to explain what well, we're in all this debt and they agree that debt's a problem but when they say that i can see their eyes are glazed over because they they don't want to comprehend what our debt means How do you suggest getting through to people and explaining to them how important our debt problem is? I
4: I don't think you're attacking it the right way because the debt problem won't solve the issue. The way you attack it is by attacking the moral high ground. So they think that they have the moral high ground because they are in favor of helping the poor you in turn are not, therefore they are morally superior to you. Whether this is a conscious thing or whether it's unconscious is, is really irrelevant. It's, it's something that they believe, right? So you have to chop the legs out from under that. The way I do it is simply by saying, I understand, I agree with you. I, would, I, want, the poor, I want people to have a place to sleep. I want people to have, uh, if they have emotional or, or physical problems, I want them to get what they need. I just morally, I can't do what you're suggesting. Now, when you attack it from a moral perspective and you say, I just, I just can't do it morally, now the question becomes, well, what do you mean you can't do it morally? Well, here's the problem, is that in order for us to do what you're suggesting, you have to take, you have to steal money from somebody. And we have a short conversation about how, look, if I'm redistributing wealth from one person to another and that person didn't voluntarily give that money away, um, then it's theft. And I just, morally, I can't do that. I, I will give money to these organizations. I will try and convince other people to give money. But morally, I can't do what you're, sa- what you're asking me to do. And once you do that, now they, ha- they don't have the moral high ground anymore. And now they've got to look at it and say, typically the response you will get is one of two things. Either they will outright reject it and say, I don't think it's immoral. I think it's fine. Or they will say, I understand where you're coming from. I just don't agree. Either one of those answers is fine because what you've done is defeated in their own mind the moral superiority that they have by holding the position. So this is a long, drawn-out process that you run through with people. But it's a conversation you have to have constantly with them because the more that they hear it, the more that they understand your perspective, the more they understand that, hey, it's not that you don't believe in charity. It's that what they're advocating for isn't charity. What they're advocating for is theft. And I can't morally sign on to that. I mean, I'm up for just about anything, but not fleecing someone else of their money if, they, if, if it's not voluntarily given. So by attacking it, by, uh, by saying, oh, we've got a huge debt problem, we can't afford it, people will say, well, we should cut the military, there's lots of other ways we can get the money. By attacking it morally, all of a sudden you've changed their perspective.
2: Yeah, so I completely agree with what, what Jason just said. And I, I think, so this is... Uh, not what will work, but just to make this point, just to reiterate it, because we get it here, I think, right? So the real problem with, with this debt issue is that and and nobody's going to be convinced by this, I just think it's important to, like, say is that we've had uh, artificially held near zero interest rates for about a decade now, and this thing is about to un f- uh, like uncork it 's going to be a real problem so the the plan the official plan of the Fed is by I believe September next year to start shrinking its balance sheet it 's it's already doing it it's right okay.
4: it 's very small very small yeah. so
2: when they start doing this, the idea that they're they 're going to be able to keep interest rates as low as they are is basically insane this whole thing we have record high government spending while the fed 's shrinking its interest rates and nobody's going to be buying these bonds at these levels. So, what's going to happen real quick is we're going to start to learn that all this debt we've been piling on has been destroying the greatest country that ever existed. And that but again, this isn't going to help you in your argument, but it's just something to keep in mind. I agree with what Jason's saying. I think almost where I've come to with people like that is to just go like, "Okay, Fine. You believe in this in terms of the social programs. Grant me that what I'm talking about is more important than that. Like, okay, you care about poor people. Are they poorer than Iraqis? Because we've killed hundreds of thousands of them. Are they poorer than people in Yemen who make the people in Iraq look rich? because they're dying of cholera by the hundreds of thousands right now. So how about we all come together and stop that? Stop that. Because by the way, if you care about the debt, we're spending close to a trillion dollars a year to fucking murder all these people. So let's get together on stopping that, end the war on drugs, and if nothing else, convince people on the left wing to be advocates for what are the most important issues. And I don't know that it's not as good an answer as what Jason gave. I think he's right. You have to try to take the moral high ground back on that. But I've just struggled with that a lot. So like at least what I can convince them on is like Scott Horton used to say this, and I love this the most where he's like, try to fight the left from the left he goes, hey, you know, in Yemen they got transgender people too <laughs> <laughs> like you just almost got to take them up on their thing where you're like okay, so you care about poor people, so let's stop destroying poor nations right? How about okay.
4: that? We've been at this about an hour, so uh, other questions, anything else? Go over
3: here. Topics. What do you think about
2: Michael, you can't pass your Let's question to the, the guy the next one. to you, yeah, all so right? <laughs> the question
4: the question was what how do you feel about secession? How do you feel about seasteading? I love that about uh, uh, I love that idea. Like I, I actually came up with a uh, with a television series that I've been I've been sort of pitching about seasteading and all of the different things that would happen if you actually had different nations, essentially different nations all seasteading. And how you would handle security, and how you would handle like you know rogue sea st- you know you know pirates and stuff like that. Kevin so Costner would gladly spend three hundred million. No, no, it's, on it's that all co- no. Mine would be way better than Kevin Costner's. I'm just telling you. No, Waterworld. No. It, but I, I've been thinking through this. I love one of the things I loved about I love about the idea of the United States is that you have fifty independent states, so you can fi- it's like a, it, it's like a you can test stuff. Like if you want to try universal health care. Okay, let's see how that works for you. Well, it just turns out that it works miserably well in every place it's tried, so why would we do it universally, right? So I love the idea of seasteading in terms of, hey, let's try something different. Let's try something unique. Like I said, I don't know whether capitalism is the best form of of cooperation we have. It's just the best one we've ever come up with. I love the idea that there might be something better out there. I'm very open-minded to that. Same thing with, uh, with secession. If you want to break away, there's talks about you know Northern California breaking away from Southern California. I love that idea. Let's have as many different ideas, as many different ways of doing things as possible, and then let's pick what works the best in order to create more wealth and opportunity for more
0: people. Well, let me ask a legit question, you guys. Do you think if, if a state actually was like, fuck off, we're seceding, would the government allow that? Because I don't think it would.
2: No. Okay, but... You know what? Maybe not. Full secession. But there's been a lot that's been allowed so far. I mean, okay, so now I'm just going to blatantly plagiarize Michael's uh, uh, points, but... He's talking about Michael Bolton from the Tenth Amendment Center, by the way. Everybody, Michael Michael. Bolton. Michael Bolton, everyone! Hero. (laughs) My name was... Anyway. Singer-songwriter. He's just got (laughs) a lot going going on.
0: Fuck Uh, that ass... (laughs) no uh, telling ass clown.
2: Now, this one's pretty cool. Uh, But, look... I will say, so when, uh, when California first started legalizing marijuana, and it was just for medicinal purposes, right, you sly bastards. So you... Uh... But Obama, in his first term, sent people in, man. He, tar- he had targeted raids, he locked sick yeah, people in jail, he went after them. And eventually, the public opinion was just so against him that he had to stop. It's not because he didn't have the arms, it's not because he didn't have the guns, he just was like, man, I'm going to alienate my entire base. Now, the two examples that, that Michael used that I think are a really good example, what has been better, more effective, forget how you feel about it, what has been more effective in terms of nullifying federal laws, than marijuana legalization and sanctuary cities. True. Now, feel however you feel about this stuff. Are you telling me people in Chicago are being deported? Are you telling me people in in L.A. are being deported? Are you telling me uh, uh, people using pot are getting locked up? Like, that does seem to me to be, at least practically speaking... Something that has been winning, and maybe we can do that on, on some of the other important shit that we care about. But I, I think there's a, it's at least worth looking at. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. <laughs> That's great, Michael. Feel free to use that anytime you want to. It's, uh... you want another question? Follow up. Follow up Hang on. Okay, go ahead. The non, uh... So the
4: question is: the minority not, that does not, not, not want as, to not as not as long as there is freedom of movement. Not as long as they can choose to move. Okay, uh, as long as you're not re- as long as you're not restricting them,
2: what's yes. that? So in in a pure Again, sense, yes, it's a I, violation of Let me say
0: sorry, like, I because I, I was just talking about this uh, in another podcast I was So I, I okay, they don't have the means to move, right? So we so we say okay, these people, maybe they have to give up what they have. Look at America right now. Look at fucking. The immigration issue, right? It's a big deal. A lot of immigrants coming in. These people give up everything. They come across fucking deserts. Half of them die getting into this country. Are you telling me you can't move? They seem to be moving pretty well. So I think you can move from one state to another one. If you really had to, you could do
2: it. See, now you're pushing me back into the Jason Stapleton direction here, right? Because truthfully, if you want to talk in some abstract sense... It's always sense, the direction we go. It is, by the way. What's like a I'm jumping, I'm jumping on the Stapleton bus. Camp. Uh, but li- yes, in, in a pure sense, and I do agree with you in a, in a pure sense of morality. Is that a violation of the non-aggression principle to those people who are it? Yes, you're right, it is. But it's almost like we also have to deal with reality, right? So while I agree with you morally speaking, it's like, it's like if you, if there, if there's slavery, again, to use the analogy, but if there's slavery and someone's gonna, we're talking about the, the Fugitive Slave Act. And you're like, yes, I'm opposing this so that at least if they get out, they can be free over here. Now, technically, is having slavery in that state still a violation of the non aggression? Yes, of course. We shouldn't have any of it. I would like to have free markets across the board. But if we're talking in reality, I'd like to at least have someone have the ability to escape into the next state. So, you know.
4: All right, a couple more questions and we'll be done. Back here. Uh, One thing I find very disarming is to bring up a a political issue that's not one of the headline, like welfare, immigration, whatever, uh, not the headline, so like, for example, the the -the over-the-U.S. supersonic speed limit for planes, like, people don't really think that should be, or like, people also don't think autonomous vehicles should be banned for people with disabilities, so that's a pretty disarming issue. Do you have any disarming? issues that people don't pay attention to obviously everybody's a libertarian opinion that you find
0: the, the question was hamster fucking yes or no
4: yes and <laughs> the, the question was this about, is not airing on jason's this que- feet. this is not airing on my Definitely show Definitely not. this is uh one, does not the approve. question was the question was are there are there disarming issues that disarming issues that people this ignore it's a very long question I, I, here's the thing, the I, I always i, I always just uh, to answer your question there are always like these like these really off-the-wall issues that we can discuss, I have always tried to, again, I've said it before, I'm going to reiterate, enter the conversation they're already having in their own minds. If they're talking about immigration, then you should be talking about immigration. Don't talk about, you know, supersonic speed limits over the United States. That's ridiculous because nobody gives a fuck about that. I mean, frankly, nobody, nobody fucking cares, man. So why, why would you discuss it?
2: It's You're in thing. a room full of people who care about issues no one else cares about and even I was like I don't care about yeah, that right, right. You I are the 1%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: So <laughs> so, so if, you, if if you really want to have if you really want to affect change if you really want to talk about it and move people closer towards liberty then talk about shit they're
1: interested in and not about shit that nobody fucking cares about. I love this guy. The next man. event in That's here is actually a debate changing. about supersonic speeds above the uh, U.S. airways. The weird thing. but
2: what okay. I, I hate, the, the thing I hate the most that libertarians do, and this is what Rand Paul started doing. Oh, God, it drives me crazy. When they start going, do you know we spent $20 million on bear research and like getting into these, like, and you're like, we spend $4 trillion a year. Exactly. Just attack that. Yeah. Like, like, why are we going off into, the, but we also wasted 13000 on, like, like DNA something, but yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Dad wrote about that, it's
3: like
4: same thing. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Okay. Thank you for your question, by the way. I didn't mean to like, right. knock he's got, it. But he's got a question. One, he's one got more. Question. One more question. Right there.
3: Yeah, get on up here. Come, Come on. on. Oh, he wants a microphone. Come on, Burly Bear.
0: Get up Yeah. <laughs>
3: All right, so I feel like this is a pretty hard question, but uh, I've had enough to drink. I'm yeah, eat,
4: the mi- eat the microphone. Sorry. I there eat you, you
3: go. All right. Um, so I have heard one. What no, I eat it own. like this, man. Uh, intellectual consistency tonight. And uh, Dave, I know you said that arm conflict's bad. I think we'll all agree with that. arm conflict's bad. And I hate to be that guy, but I think it's a matter of we all agree that the Second Amendment was there for arm conflict. So it's really about drawing the line. When is enough enough? And so I think it's a matter of not a game of inches, but a game of statistics. So sometimes you'll have guys in the 2.5% that are, you know, black and white. You have the Jason Stapleton guys who are a game of inches. Like, maybe that's the 5%. But some point we hit a critical mass and, like, shit gets real. All right.
2: Okay, well... L- Let me just correct. I don't think armed conflict is bad. I would never make that statement. Yep. Aggression is evil, and defending yourself is justified. Yep. I'm all for if someone comes if and someone breaks cool. into your home. Oh, he's not giving it back. Well, I'm I'm just saying if someone.
4: Microphone hostage
0: situation.
2: Well, to be fair, his position is that conflict isn't bad. So he is. That's great. But no, I'm, I'm all for. He's got arms. By the way, if if someone breaks into your home to kill your family and you have an AR-15 and you take that motherfucker out, good for you. I will salute you when I see you. I don't think it's bad. However, if someone pulls a gun on you and you aren't armed and they go, "Give me your wallet," and you go, "Well, I have the moral right to resist this," I'll be like, "Yeah, probably just give them your wallet." Because you're going to lose this fight. So my point is, if you think the fucking, you know, the hundred of us are going to take out the U.S. military right now, I'd say give them your wallet, because we're losing that fight. All right, all right, all right, so all right, let's. That, that's my only point.
3: Okay, I'm, all right, let, me, let me finish my statement. Uh, first of all, I would disagree that uh, a bunch of, you know, I was in Afghanistan. Disagree that we can't take out the U.S. military? A bunch of goat farmers in Afghanistan. He knows jiu the U.S. Army. We had the ability to do it. The question is, is when is enough enough? And I know we're not even close to that right now, but I think it's important for your audience to understand is when is enough enough? Like, where do you draw the line? Like, as individuals, I want to... I'll, well, look, dude, that's, dude, an interesting, I, that's I, a great I, question. Listen, dude, it's, it's a good question.
4: Let me let me address it this way. I spent three years in Afghanistan, okay? So I know what you're talking about. I've been there. I lived there. And, uh, and I can tell you that... From the crux of it, you, if you have no cl- if, from a military perspective, if you have no clear identi- idea of what, what winning looks like, this is the issue that I have, is if you don't know what it looks like, if you can't see the game plans, like, this is the line where we win. In normal combat, you have a surrender. So you have another state that says, I give up, and here are the conditions under which I will accept the surrender of you, who, who's failed, right? We don't have that. What we have is a guerrilla warfare right? A guerrilla war. It's not terrorism. People misunderstand what's happening in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's not terrorism. It's guerrilla warfare. And when you understand it like that, you recognize there is no line. There's no finish ground. There's no no finish line. It's it's not going to end. It will go on forever. There is no nation ever in history has ever, been able to defend, has ever been able to effectively put down a guerrilla insurgency that had the support or the fear of the people that it, was, that it was in the nation it was in. So based on that, there's no way you can win. So the question is, how long do you continue to pretend like you could win, and how long do you continue to support or to give up American lives and coin in that pursuit? And my answer is, no, you don't do it any more than you have to. You pull out now. You're done. Because if you, if you don't know what winning looks like, and at the end of the day, no one in history has ever done it, then
2: you need to be done. That That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, I, I would just say, also, I, I agree with that, and just to your point about, like, what when, when have we hit the line, and when have, like, I, I, I don't know, man. It's an interesting question. I mean, morally speaking, I think, yeah, I think taxation is theft, and you have a right to defend yourself against that taxation. However, I don't know. I look around this fucking room, and I don't think we're quite at the desperate point that goat herders in Afghanistan are. So I'm not quite ready to, like, get, you know, and that's, that's it's not, like, uh, uh, that I'm bragging more morally about that. It's just like, I don't know, man. We're all, like, still pretty comfortably. I would like to explore a way to try to comfortably get out of this situation. And no, it doesn't seem... By the way, if you want to fight that government, I know you can point to Afghanistan. That That's a great example. Here's another example. The Branch Davidians. They fought the government, too. You know? Didn't work out too good for those guys. And no one really led an uprising after they got their children. Children got incinerated alive. So, probably, my, my best logical judgment is that, if that you try to fight the government like physically right now you're going to end up being those guys and it's just not going to work yeah, out. Exactly, and I'd rather yeah. to talk we, to you nice people and go have another IPA after this and then go do a uh, go. comedy show. Have, but that's my honest opinion.
0: Americans have too much to lose. That's period yeah. end game. We have too much to lose. All of us here. We like to be like yep, fuck the government. We all have too much to fucking lose. I'm not going out tonight. I'm not going to go fight a cop. I'm not going to go storm the White House. I'm going to go home, I'm going to go have a drink, and I'm going to fly to Japan. I'm going out tonight for
4: the record, so... All right, guys, thank you all so much for coming out. We yeah. appreciate yes, you guys.
0: Thank being you. Here. Hey thank guys, you.
1: drink, drink and be merry. All right. Drink thank and you. Be by the way, thank you to Pablo and Liberty on the Rocks for setting this yes. up. You guys are yes. fucking thank awesome. Thank you for you Liberty the on the ship. Rocks. And by by way, way, be involved in Liberty on the Rocks. You guys are awesome. They throw awesome all events. the people <laughs> have
0: come out here from far away. Holy and, uh, shit! Some of you motherfuckers came here th- from the one dude
1: flew across the fucking country to come here. I'm not kidding.
0: Phoenix, there, South Carolina. People,
1: goddamn you. We have this room till 8 o'clock. Drink and be merry. Then we'll go out all night. See you guys. Thank
3: you, man. Thank you, brother.